Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Shy Sports Combo. We are your host, Edgar Romero, alongside Martin Barraza. And today's episode, we'll be going over the MLB trade deadline and the Cubs and White Sox games from last week. And as well, the little bit of news of Deshaun Watson's game suspension for the NFL this season. But, Martin, how you doing, sir? Good. Trade deadline has passed. A lot of fireworks have happened. And we're on to the dog days of summer. And the question mark of what the sports town is looking for, will the White Sox make the playoffs? Yep, that's the deep question. So, you know what? Let's start with the trade deadline. All these moves from other teams. But first, let's start with the Chicago White Sox. The lone move that the White Sox did was to trade their only defensive catcher that they had in their roster, Reese McGuire, to the Red Sox for a left-handed pitcher, Jake Deakman. And that was the lone moves that they did in the trade deadline. They couldn't not pull anything else. Not even try to get Joey Gallo over here since the Yankees were trying to get him off their books because he pretty much sucked over there. Not even pull him off or not even try to get Brandon Jury. Some little spark here and there, but no, none of that. What were your thoughts on, on the losers of this draft for me personally? The White Sox, they're gonna they're supposed to be a playoff contender team. Well, I'm very disappointed in this team because and nationally they're getting a lot of flack too. Uh but for me and me and you were exchanging uh text on Monday and Tuesday because Tuesday was a trade deadline Uh, for me what I needed with the Sox to do they needed to get a left-handed bat that played in the outfield they needed to get a right-handed pitcher for the bullpen you you've made this point and it's an excellent point their bullpen needs help especially a left-handed pitcher and a right-handed pitcher since Joe Kelly has not been pitching well um they got Jake Diekman, okay, but they didn't get a right-handed pitcher, and they didn't get a bat, which I was very surprised. Uh, I don't understand, and I think there's a disconnect in the front office between Jerry Reinsdorf and Rick Hahn, because it seems like maybe Rick Hahn wants to do something, and Jerry Reinsdorf is like, no. Now, player development is becoming a problem for the Chicago White Sox because they, if you want to compare it, because I compare, right? Yes. If you want to compare it to the Cubs, re, the Cubs rebuild, when the Cubs were going for a championship and a little bit after, right? The Cubs had a yeah. very good farm system and developed players. The Cubs had guys like Glaber Torres in their system, which they flipped for a role to Chapman, who got him a World Series. They were able to get a cost-control pitcher like Quintana for Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease because they were in their systems. They traded yep. Jamer Candelario, who, I mean, he hasn't been a superstar in Detroit, but he's a solid, solid major leaguer. They got him yep. for Justin Wilson, a left-handed arm who can potentially close. They traded Jorge Soler for uh, Wade 
Davis to be their closer. Like they developed their farm system and it wasn't guys that they went and got from other teams, right? No. Like the White Sox, they're only homegrown players that I've seen that are coming up has been Eloy, Andrew Vaughn, Jake Berger. And out of all of those, like not Eloy, Luis Robert. Luis yeah, Robert is only one. Yeah, Luis Robert and Andrew Vaughn are the only solid guys. Everybody else has been acquired through their fire sale trades, and they have not developed any players. Because if they were able to develop players, they would have enough ammunition to get some of these players. Rick Hahn stated that, well, the asking price were too high. Of course it's going to be too high. I mean, you said, and I remember this text that you sent me. Well, yeah. When Rick Hahn was doing his fire sale, he was getting yep. top prospects for even players. I was like, for Adam Eaton, they got a great return of Lucas Giolito, yep. Reynaldo Lopez, and Dane Dunning, who later turned into Lance Lynn. For yep. Adam Eaton. Adam Eaton. And I mean, he helped Washington win a World Series, but Adam Eaton. Look at the return. Look at the return they got for Chris Sale. Look at the return they got for Jose Quintana. I mean, when Dylan you... Cease. Dylan Cease. Dylan the Cease. ace of your staff. Mm-hmm. Your ace of the White Sox staff was developed in the Chicago Cubs farm system. Yep. He was, he was acquired by the Cubs. The Cubs saw great stuff, and he was in their farm system. I give credit to Rick Hahn for asking for him. Yes. But yeah, but he was not a player that the White Sox got. That the White Sox got. I mean, he came up right away. Right after yep. they drafted him, I think. He wasn't... Yes. He didn't need much seasoning, which tells me that he was mostly developed in the Cubs organization. So, they have done a very bad job. And, you, and for me, it's unacceptable. I know I'm not a White Sox fan, but for me... It's an ex- and we'll get to the Cubs in, in a bit too because I got to rant on them yep. too. But of for course. me, it's unacceptable. Yeah, for me, it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable if you're like, well, we're in this we're in this window. The White Sox are under heavy scrutiny because look, in the COVID year, they came out of nowhere. In 2021, now they're a favorite. This year, they were a favorite. They were the fourth. They had the fourth best odds to win the World Series, and they've been sleepwalking this yeah. whole season. Sleepwalking this whole season. And without the vision, again, they have a lot of parallels to the Cubs when they were in their open. The NL Central at that point was also a crap. The AL Central this year is crap. Mm-hmm. You have you have the ability to go win. You need to make some moves. But again, your player development has been bad. And it's funny, right? Because when they were making their fire sale, we were like, man, even me, I was like, damn, Rick Hahn, look at all these moves. Fantastic. Now when there's added expectation and added pressure, now we're starting to see like, wait a minute. Maybe Rick Hahn wasn't as good as we thought. Look at the deals that he's making, especially in the trade deadline. The de- the deals that he's not making, the players are not getting developed. Like, it was very disappointing. And then we might add, the two teams that they're fighting for in the division, right? Yeah. Cleveland didn't do anything. Fine. Cleveland didn't do anything. Cleveland usually doesn't do anything. What they do is they trade their pitching. But yep. they didn't do anything. But Minnesota, 
even though I'm not happy with their moves in terms, but they got a starting pitcher in Taylor May and Malley from the, from the Reds. Okay, I think they should have went after Frankie Montas or even a Carlos Rodon. Minnesota should have done that, but they got yep. that and they fortified their bullpen with the Oriole closer. I think Jorge Lopez having a great season. Yep. And then they got a solid reliever from Detroit and Michael Fulmer. They fortified mm-hmm. their team. That is their weakness. Me and you mentioned this in the prior episode. Minnesota needed pitching to to stay to stay for the White Sox not to catch them. They got decent pitching, and we will see. But I'm massively disappointed that the White Sox did not make a move to make to make a trade to get their team better. This team needs a shot in the arm, a bat, an arm, something, and they didn't do anything. What are your What are your thoughts? Yes. Right now, the Sox are playing easy teams, right? Mm-hmm. And there's still two games, three games, two games, one game, two games behind the Twins. These 17-game game series that is coming up are the easiest games all that, that pretty much are going up and they're still behind the Twins. They have not stepped up and taking like sweeping the athletics, sweeping the Royals, try to sweep the Rangers. They're not doing that. The next seven, the next whatever is left, what, eight, six games, eight games. Mm -hmm. You got the Rangers, they got the Royals and then they got the Tigers. These are losing teams. And the Twins are facing good teams right now. Yeah, they and have a still schedule. Manic. They got a harder schedule this, this right now, this series right now. Because then after that, they're going to be facing each other constantly right now. So now it's going to be up, up in the air. They're going to be facing the Central a lot, you know, the White Sox. The last nine, ten games of the season, it's Twins, Detroit Twins, and then San Diego. The Sox, I think, finished with San Diego. Ooh. So there you go. That's the White Sox schedule in the last the last two weeks of the season. Twins, Detroit Twins, San Diego. And these two weeks that are passing by, these are the games that they should be, they should have been sweeping so they could have catch or be ahead and be five games over or, or leading the, the standings and trying to make sure that they meet the twins behind. But if they stay put and they stay near or they're both tight or even and everything's still up in the air in the central, then I don't know. It's gonna be who wants it more, and it's for me. It's like it's still showing that the Twins want it more than the White Sox, because the White Sox players they need some fire in that clubhouse. They need somebody to boost their asses or something. And there's, I, they need a, like an Ozzy Guillen to speak out, because Ozzy Guillen, I don't care. As a White Sox, I never liked the White Sox. I never White Sox, but I dished her respecting the hell out of Azaghian. Because that guy did not give a rat's ass. He would talk, he would speak his mind, and he would tell you the truth straight up, whether you liked it or not. 
but he always earned my respect and like whatever that's how he thinks hey he's, he's telling me for something he didn't care if he got in trouble but he was still gonna feel how, how it feels and that's why I believe that's what this team needs because man they, they need a fire out they need a they yeah, need something in that clubhouse, bro. There, 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 there's, there's something wrong in that clubhouse. I yeah, they, the, no, through the whole organization, they, there's something wrong with the with the front office because I feel like Rick Hahn was kind of like say through the press conference he was kind of more like you know what like I was kind of hamstrung, but but yeah, no. This team right now, they need a kick in the ass. They need they need a, a kick in the ass, yeah. uh, like what Ozzy Gian, Tony Tony Little Russo's falling asleep in the big, in the first inning of the games. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the clip that went viral? Yes. He's like he's like falling asleep in the first inning. He's too old. It, this is a terrible choice by Jerry Reinsdorf. Dude, he, he doesn't have the same fire. Bench. No, it's already it's already age, bro. He's already seventy what seventy six years old. Yeah. He, uh, this team right now needs not, a kick in the ass, and he right now he doesn't have the energy for it. No, and it's not nothing against Tony Russo being a manager. It's just plain and simple. He's older already. His age. He's not. He's, he he's already old enough where at eight o'clock it's his bedtime. <laughs> not at midnight not at 1am at 8 o'clock in, at night is his bedtime so you could wake up at 5 in the morning and, and do his thing oh yeah read the newspaper yes it's like <laughs> I wonder if it's just yeah man more. this is those <laughs> socks man the white socks they're seriously man yeah they and, and and that's the sad part, man. Your ace, Dylan Seas, bro. He's been carrying the team along with Cueto. Oh, great and, and start Kopech, yesterday, man. Yeah, along with Cueto and Kopech. And the offense don't give him no freaking run support. They were able to get Gallo for peanuts. Because the Yanks were just trying to get rid of him. Yeah, because they got Andrew Benatendi. And he was the yes. odd man out. And he's a lefty bat. And he plays right field. And he's a good defender. Yeah, and they could have gotten him for peanuts. Because, yeah, he's having a bad season. But it looks like he just needed a change of scenery. A change yes. of scenery. And he could have he could have been a different... He could have been a difference. Uh, he could have been a difference maker for this team. I still think they should have made a run at Jack Peterson. Or him too. But, but what I'm saying, regardless, if I was thinking about their ways because they don't got a good prospect enough. With Jack mm -hmm. Peterson, I bet you any money the Giants were asking for a high value because he's getting good. He's a lefty. His batting average is up. He's hitting home runs. Mm -hmm. He's good defensively as well. So they're gonna his asking value is gonna be high. So. They were there. They were not gonna trade him, keep him, or trade him. It all depends. So it's like, yeah, no. And it's like, and, and Joey Gallo, his numbers are down. He's barely hitting home runs. His defense is still there. A change of scenery. Yep. Would have done great, especially especially in the south side where it's also short. He would have hit bombs. Because how many bombs have he hit in the south side, dude? 
when he came as a Yankee here? Didn't he hit like three home runs? Yeah, he did good in the ballpark. In that ballpark. In the ballpark. That's what I'm trying to say. But they did not make a move for that, and that's what I was calling for. I'm like, he's gonna be your cheapest trade pick right there, and that's your left-handed bat, and that's your defense on right field. So like, they don't have to worry about Lurie Garcia or putting Adam, whatever was his name, Angle or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Adam Angle. Yeah. Or so AJ Pollock. Or AJ Pollock. You don't gotta worry about it now. You need Pollock in left. Luis Valverde in center and Joey Gallo in right. You leave Elo Jimenez at DH. He don't need to be in the outfield. Keep his ass in DH. Grandal, I'm sorry. Get your ass back to catching and get trained more on how to catch freaking <laughs> balls, dude. Because <laughs> Reese McGuire's got traded to the Red Sox. And your ass is going to be the main catching person when it comes to the playoffs. Jose Abreu's going to be the main. And they got Savvy Savala. Yeah, but Savvy Savala will be part of the mixture coming in and out as a same for late innings or whatever. But I don't know, dude, but yeah. And then they all had to figure out the second base. Well, keep Lurie Garcia there. Well, I never liked Lurie Garcia, but... Yeah, really I know, like but him. They, signed him to, they signed him to that extension. He plays second base, keep his ass there. Because they do have too many DHs up in their roster, and it's like they need to just keep the same batters going. Stop mixing and matching. Keep the same people going. Let them hit. They're in a slump. Let them hit. Let them get get out of that slump. But the problem is, the moment they start not hitting two, three days, what happens? They give them a rest. Uh. Then they go back in. They go all for four. They give him another rest. They go back in. The the the, the shit still continues. The, the move the the wheel is not turning. So it's like ah, uh. but yes, that's what I'm pissed off. And I'm like Gallo was there, and for me they did not jump at it. I don't know. But right away the or they probably did, but they just didn't. They wanted they didn't want to give up the the talent that they probably had, or the Dodgers just jumped on the force. Hey. They saw the Dodgers, they had a better prospect and they, and they pretty much said, you know, screw you guys, you guys are going to prospect. So, yeah, maybe with the Dodgers, yeah. I'm, I mean, I, we we would have to look to see what type of prospect with the Dodgers, but if the Dodgers made a run at him, don't you think the white it would be good for the White Sox? Yeah. Like, That's why I was so pissed off. I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, Gallo was a perfect fit for the White Sox. Because they were not supposed to give up a lot, a lot of prospects to him. If they were that worried, because they didn't have none. And, and the like, Yankees needed to get rid of him, and he was sucking, so it would have been perfect. Yes. Yeah, you're right. All they needed to do was just figure out the, the right hand, right hand bullpen arm. And there were a lot of those. Yeah, I would have just called a coach from Michael Gibbons, too. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yep. Yeah, but they man, were interested yeah. in him. Yeah, they were interested, but shit. Shit. Okay. Maybe that's how we feel about the Sox. Let's talk about our Cubs. Yeah, one last point about the Sox before we okay. move on. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. One, one thing that you said that pissed you off. You know what annoys me about this team? This is a young ball club, right? They yeah. are. They're always. Oh, they're on the restrictions of they can't run hard, 
because they're going to get hurt and this and that. The core, the core, other than Abreu, but the rest of these players, they're tw- they're from like 25 to 29. And they need to, you know, rest. Why? Why? I have no idea. Why? This is like the youngest. Like I said, I draw parallels. And did you hear that from the Cubs with the young, with their young players, Rizzo and and Bryant and Baez and Russell? And nope. In contra- did you hear like, oh no, you know what? They can't hustle because you know they got to preserve themselves. I'm like, what? They're young. They're a young team. No. Other than Abreu, but everybody else is young. Like yeah, Robert, Robert's always hurt legs, his head hurts. Tim Anderson's 28, 29, and he's got he's got bad legs. Like this is unbe- this is unbelievable. This and is like one to, of the softest. To, you want to hear another statistic? Yes. I love stats. I love stats. Oh, for show better. Uh, all these players from the White Sox, their averages, like Tim Anderson's average is up, right? Mm-hmm. But you know why his average is up? Because he doesn't play a lot because he's always hurt or getting ejected for some dumb stuff. Because it's mostly singles that he's hitting. He's like 35 for 42. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Their slugging Singles. percentage is down. Yes. They, all they of don't them, slug. Their slugging percentage is slight. Yeah, it's way down. Everybody's hitting for singles. Moncada's hitting for singles. They're not hitting for doubles. They're not hitting for triples. They're hitting nothing but singles. That's what I noticed. Because I've been checking everything, all the statistics from everybody, and your slugging percentage from all the players are down this year. Yeah. I'll and throw you another that, stat. And that's a head question for me. Like, wait, what the hell? Yeah, I'll throw you another stat. I think they're, the, well, they're in the top. I think they're top five in average, like you said. But you know what? The, what 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 position they are in terms of uh, hit runners with scoring position? What? They're second, hitting two sixty nine. They're second he- with runners in scoring position. The problem is, like you said, they don't get extra base hits. They're not slugging, and they're dead last in walks. So yeah, they're hitting, but they're not getting on base, and they're not hitting for power. And I'm shocked because you got Luis Robert, you got Eloy Jimenez, you got Abreu. Tim Anderson hits home runs like on big stages, but yeah, like you said, the team's slugging percentage is down, and it's very head scratching. Everything is singles with no runners on base. Yeah, like right now, Ido just hit a, a home run. That's his fit. Just coming back. And it's like, okay, when he came back, he hit like two or three, right? That was like a month ago or a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And then he has hit in two in the past week. So he's like hot and off. He's on and off. But my problem is, okay, you're facing off against teams that don't have good pitching. Like the Royals, Rangers, or whatever. 
But when you face good pitching, are you going to be able to do that? I don't know. Is this team are you going to be able to steal? No, because they don't steal. Is they this team going to be They're able to hurt. do... Yeah, exactly. Is this <laughs> team going to be able to do a suicide squeeze when there's a runner on third and they can get a hit? No, they're no, gonna fuck up they don't their hamstring. Because <laughs> each player that goes up there uh, is always trying to swing for the fences, or they're just gonna get a single. That's what they do. They're not. They're not going up. They're trying to hit for a double, or a triple, or just put the ball in play. They're going up there, trying to trying to slug and put everything. So that's why the pitchers, when they pitch them, they figure them out, and that's why they're either doing pop fries or striking them out a lot. They throw lots of sliders on them, right? Yes. Because they're swinging, because, like uh, you said. Swinging yeah, they're, the swing, they're trying to swing for the fences. Every player from top to bottom are trying, is trying to swing for the fences. And if they added like a little brand, like Brandon Jury would have worked perfectly with this team because he, you know, he's, he's the one that moves the ball around. A person that gets on base that steals for you works perfectly but no they don't got that they don't and he can play second and third base exactly. he, yeah, he, he could have played that that was a perfect person that they could have gotten gotten for Brandon Drury to play second or third base whatever you want if you want him on color to play third base then he plays second base and you keep Louis Garcia in right field okay leave him there Stop moving him around to second and then right field. No, keep, keep those same players in the position that you got them. Nah, but yeah, that's that, that, that's what's weird. But yeah, but let's go to the freaking Northsiders. <laughs> well, they were doing good, but also. They started out with trading Chris Martin to the Dodgers, which surprised me. You got the freaking LA Dodgers that usually every freaking year are trading for some top name, right? Mm -hmm. They need bullpen help this year, but they just decide, eh, we just trade for something small. Let's trade for Chris Martin. He's good enough. Like, okay. Well, at least they got a utility, a utility bat, which they pretty much needed in Zach McKinstry. A player that could play anywhere, all over the place, and a bench bat. What do you thought about that move for the Cubs? I think it was okay. I mean, for me, the trade of Chris Martin was one of the... This offseason, Jed Hoyer pretty much got, like, a bunch of guys in one-year deals, right? Yeah. And he's trying to catch lightning on a bottle, like, yeah, hopefully this starter hits or this reliever hits, and then I could flip him. I think Chris Martin was one of those. He was okay, right? And yeah, yeah, he so. started he he started off good, and then started giving up runs. Then he started controlling it, and then he went down. He he, he has it under control, so they hope so, man, that's what they got. So it's safe to assume that you were going to lose him for nothing in the offseason, right? Yes. So at least you get a, a guy like Zach McKinstry who's had a cup of coffee with the Dodgers. He's been yeah, and he's been everywhere. He's been in the outfield. I think he's been second yep. base. He plays third. You can play all around. Hey, you can 
you can try him out, and who knows, he could be a, a nice utility player when this team is good. Yep. So, I yep. think it was a good trade. You got some for... It was. It was. And I like the kid. He's from Indiana, so he knows his little ways from Chicago. He said his favorite pizza is freaking Illuminati, so it's all good. <laughs> I'm surprised that they did. I'm surprised that the Dodgers did trade for Chris Martin. It was yeah, like so out of left field. Too. Like, what? Yes. Okay. I thought they were gonna be in on David Robinson or or even 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 Ian Hat. Because I'll talk later about later on the rumors or why they thought Burris and Hat. Because they talked about it after. But then, then out of left field too, the Cubs traded Scott Efros to the Yankees for their their top number seven prospect, right-handed pitcher Hayden Wesneski. It was a sad day. You know how much I love Scott Efros. Hell oh, yeah, you were happy. You were probably enjoying that. I remember texting you. I'll be like, hey, they, they traded your boy, Scott Efforts, the Yankees. You're like, hey, what? Like, who do we got? I'm like, they got a right-handed pitcher. Their top number seven right-handed pitcher was Nesky. Like, and I'm like, the people are like, oh, yeah, Efron's man. He's good. I'm like, okay, yeah, he's good. I'm like, he's all right. But he's a 28-year-old rookie. Five years, I'm like. With control. Yeah, with control. I mean, with, so, with like, a lot of years of control. So, yeah, so like it made sense. And knowing Jed Hoyer, I'm like, in my head, you know what? That's kind of a pretty good move because it's like, he's probably thinking, I want younger players or prospects in order to develop by the time they are 24, 25 years old. You know, they're already up in the majors and throwing, and I got them for an extra five years. So, like, okay, he pulled the trigger because it's probably because the Yankees were asking for him, probably because he's actually. He has good numbers against left, lefty bats. So, and the Yankees need to help on the left side. So, it was a good trade for them. Good trade. What do you think yes. about that move? It was good. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was. It was a good trade. I mean, for the Yankees with the injury to Michael King, who was one of the best relievers. Like they needed some help. Uh, yeah. Aroldis Chapman has not been pitching well this season. He's lost his closing role to, yeah. to Clay Holmes, who's been pitching well. Mm-hmm. So, their depth. In the bullpen was hurt with my with Michael King out, um, you know, like you said, Scott F. Ross. I mean, if he was 24, I would be like, eh, why are you trading him with, you know, so yep. many so much control left? But hey, it was it was a good move. You were able to get a, a solid pitcher from the Yankees. Have a pretty good farm system, and you're able to get a guy in, in Wisniewski who can. And I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong because I can't pronounce yeah, his name. Yeah, Wes Nesky. Wes There you go. Yep. I mean, he's got he's got good potential, good stuff. Um, I read he can develop into a mid rotation starter. So, pretty much, if you get a mid rotation starter back for Scott Efros, and also relievers are very volatile. This year he might be good. Yep. Next year he could suck. So, yep. it, it's good. It was a good trade. Good trade for. For uh, Jed Hoyer. And then the next trade they did was David Robertson to the Phillies for their top, their number twenty-six prospect Ben Brown, a right-handed pitcher. Have you read up with that with that prospect? Yeah, I read about Brown. Um, 
Okay, so it's it's not a shock that Robertson went to the Phillies because the Phillies have had problems with their closer role all season. So Corey Knable yeah. started out as their closer doing bad. So now they've been switching between Brad Hand and and Sir Anthony Sir Anthony um, Dominguez. Dominguez, yeah, Sir Anthony Dominguez. Um, so they needed an extra bullpen help. David Robertson pitched for them before, and Robertson has pitched in the playoffs. He comes with a good track record. He's been very good this year. Um, ben Brown, I think, very low in their organization. I uh, I don't think they got enough for Robertson, but who knows? Supposedly his stuff is really well. He projects as yeah. a number two starter. He needs some work. He's got a plus fastball, plus slider. I think you texted me that he has control issues, and and it's right. That's what his the scouting report says. So, but again, with they brought in the man, the their general manager is a former employee from the Cleveland Guardians, and you know how well yeah. they they develop pitching. So they're very happy with their pitching infrastructure. So they feel like they have something in this kid and they can, you know, yep. take advantage of his stuff. And with time, they can own and, hey, they can get another number two starter for David Robertson, who, again, they signed him low. He was another rec- guy that they would flip. They flipped him good. And if you can get, again, a number two starter for a guy that you were going to lose for nothing, that's pretty yep. good. It seems like in their organization right now, they got a lot of twos and threes potentially. So... That's pretty. That that's good. I mean, that's a good trade. It's an okay trade. We'll see how he is. But right now, if you read twenty six prospect in the in the Phillies organization, you feel like yeah. that was not enough. No. Nope. But we'll see. We'll see. His stuff is good, but you just feel like you didn't get enough for him. You kind of wanted like maybe a ten, maybe their tenth player in their organization, yeah. or yeah, from cause... the ten to fifteen, but. I mean, it is what it is. And like I said, I believe this trade market, Jed was looking for pitching. He's looking for ace pitchers or, or whatever. And he was hoping they was getting that as, you know, the last trade that they were able to pull off before the trade deadline ended was Michael Givens to the Mets, dumbass Mets, I'm going to add, for of Saul Gonzalez, another right-hand pitcher, you know, low, a low prospect, you know, number 50s, whatever, around there. So, hopefully, probably ends up being like a bullpen arm, or he does sooner or later come up. They're all young, you know, they're in their 20s. Yeah, I haven't read the scouting report on him. Did you, have, did you kind of read a little bit uh, up on them? Yes, all three of these guys, they're fucking tall as hell. They're six 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 seven. That's what I noticed. All three of them: Ben Brown, Saul Gonzalez, and Aiden Wesneski. They're like six 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 seven. Power arms. They all. They got all power arms. Yeah, they're all power arms. It's just Wesneski is better than Ben Brown right now because Ben Brown, I believe, had Tommy John surgery last year or a year before, mm-hmm. before the COVID hit. Before COVID hit, so. Now he's barely looking good right now, but he's having a little bit of control issues. But they say if he is able to handle that and they actually 
handle and keep on have control on his pitches, then he should be in actually a number two, one of the number twos, a two starter, and should be actually pretty good pitcher. And Saul Gonzalez, they feel like more like he's a bullpen help. Yeah, he can become a set. Closer. If he can become a setup man, closer, right? A setup that closer, yeah. That that's what they're looking at him like. He, you know, because he has that little power fast, but he's throwing like ninety six to ninety eight or ninety nine right now. Mm. So, but yeah, that's 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 the, all the trades that the Cubs were able to do. And before we talk about Contreras and Hep, this trade deadline throughout all over the MLB was weird. Just because it was surrounded by Juan Soto and the freaking Nationals. Because I do believe if the Nationals do not announce that they are willing to trade Soto, we are not going to be seeing Wilson Contreras or even having a Cub uniform as of today. Do you agree with that? My friend, you are a hundred percent correct. You are correct. I truly do believe that the Nationals screw up a lot of teams' moves. Uh, the White Sox, especially the Rays, the Blue Jays, everybody, every other team, they screw them up because they probably had little plans of what to do. And the Padres was the answer because the Padres had the enough ammunition in the prospect level, especially. And they pretty much gave it all the way to the Nationals. They gave everything to the Nationals. Yep. But there was two definitely teams that were in on Contreras. And that was the Padres. And the Mets. So the Padres were out. I don't know what the hell the Mets were doing because the Mets did not net anything. The Mets were pissed off because the value on Contreras was high and they didn't like it. And I'm sorry, I don't care about his if people don't like his defense or well, I don't know how he's gonna react with new pitchers and well, I don't know how I'm like I don't really care. He's going to be the same way and look at the damn playoffs. Look how he still picks off players. He's still around. Why is he DHing? You know why he's DHing? Because he got all the three catchers in the Cubs trying to catch. Young Gomes, they're trying to share while he's hitting still for his bat in there. But last time I heard, it was supposed to be uh, a paired. For Contreras, Hep, and Robertson, and the Cubs were looking to trade those three for the Mets. Their number four and number five prospects which was Mark Vientos, a third baseman and a first baseman, and the right-handed pitcher Matt Allen, that is currently injured, but he could be an ace-type pitcher. And they said no. I don't know if the damn thing is true, but that's what, what everybody keeps saying that that's probably one of the deals and the bets said no. And they started bringing up for what happened last year when the Bayes got traded to the Mets 
and the Cubs got PCA, and then looking at right now how PCA is doing really good with the Cubs, and they're not they're not liking what they're seeing. Well, it's here. Here's the thing. Well, the Padres trading for Soto was crazy, but. I think the the Nationals and Juan Soto, it's just amazing. It's it's just an amazing story. But going to the Cubs now, I think the Cubs had a deal with the Padres, and I think the Padres yes. put the Cubs on hold and were like, "Okay, we're trading. We want to trade for Juan Soto, but if the deal doesn't go through, we'll call you. We'll call you about Ian Happ." Who would replace? Yep. Who would replace? "Quote unquote," because not only did they acquire Juan Soto, they also acquired Josh Bell. Yes, right. So that's two bats. So now, obviously, Soto is a generational player. You got three years. I think Josh Bell is a free agent at the end of the year, or I don't know how much team control does he have. But no, he becomes a free agent. Okay, so basically, you would get. Okay, so they told. I have a feeling they told the Cubs like, okay, if we don't get them, we'll come to you. And obviously, it wouldn't be as expensive because basically they traded their whole farm system, and their yeah. and what they the guys that they let go are fantastic young players. I think the Cubs, the Cubs would have out of those out of that package, the Cubs probably only would have the Cubs. I think realistically only would have gotten one. And for me, they were looking. They were looking at Mackenzie Gore. That's the that's the prospect that I want because you're getting all twos and threes, right? But they don't have in their organization right now. They only have one guy that has a potential to be an ace, and he's been hurt since 2020, and that's Brandon Marquez. Everyone else, they're like twos and threes. They don't have a guy that has ace type of stuff, like. Like, for example, Dylan Cease had ace-type stuff. Potential to be an ace, and now look what he is with the White Sox. So, Mackenzie mm-hmm. Gore, for me, I, when we were talking about, like, scenarios, I was salivating over, even though right now Mackenzie Gore is hurt, but I was salivating at the potential of having Mackenzie Gore and Marquez, and then you have all of these other guys, like Keegan Thompson, Justin Steele. You got Jordan Wicks. You got... Um, the kid that came up earlier this year, uh, Caleb Killian. Look at that. And then you might sign another guy and look at the rotation, look at the depth that you guys have, that we have now in the organization. And then you'll have a couple of lower players. I think it would have been good, but the Padres were able to get it done. Now for, for Contreras, I think there were like four teams that were interested in him. The Padres, the Mets, uh, potentially the Cleveland Guardians, the the Rays, and the Astros. The Astros traded for for the uh, Red Sox catcher Christian Vasquez because the Astros. I do not understand, but all of these teams were concerned about his pitch calling and his framing. But then I kept getting he- I kept hearing about his defense, right? 
But defensively, yeah. he's one of the best catchers. He's got a bet. He's got a really good arm. He controls runners. He controls the running game. Yes. So to me, that's not the defense. That's that's him calling the game, which I think is weird. His pitch framing, okay, fine, whatever, right? But he but he hits. There's very few good hitting catchers in baseball. Very few. Um, the Astros thought Christian Vasquez was very good defensively, and he was an okay. He had he was okay at the bat as a, an upgrade in the in their bats, in the batting department. And I think he has more control. T- control. So he there's a team out. The Rays, for whatever reason, did not make any move after Mike Zanino, who was their all-star catcher, he's out. They made no moves. And I'm shocked because this team is fighting for a playoff spot. They need yeah. more offense. Their pitching is fantastic, led by Shane McClellahan. But they have no batting, and Wander Franco has been out for all most of the season. They they, they needed I to get a bat. And trade. Washington, yeah, go ahead. I thought they were going to trade for Ian Hatt or something. Yeah, and they have good prospects. Like, if the Cubs are looking yeah. for pitching, that's the organization that you're looking for. Yeah. Another team, Cleveland. They went and traded. They traded Sandy Leon, the guy who they got from Boston, after I think one of their starting catchers got hurt. They traded him to Minnesota at, at a deadline deal. You would think like, okay, maybe I need a. They need a bat. They have enough pitching, in my opinion. You got Shane Bieber, uh, Tristan McKenzie's pitching well. Plesac's been okay. Quantrill's okay. Like you have enough. You have enough to hang. I think they have a better rotation than the Twins. But if they can get yeah. an extra, they can get a bat in there. Imagine if they got a bat to help. To help uh, Jose Ramirez. And Andre and Andres Jimenez, they could they could play my catcher. They could maybe slide him first, play DH, like. But they didn't trade for him. The Padres then were out because they completed the deal with Soto, so that left the Cubs with one team, right? Yep. And this is where I feel like the Mets dug down and deeper. Like we know that we're the only team you're negotiating with. So we're not giving you the prospects that, because I like Mark Vientos. Mark Vientos could be, the Cubs don't have a third base prospect. Most of their prospects that are good, they're up the middle, second and short, and they're in the outfield. They don't have corner players. They don't have a third baseman that I've seen in their organization that's high ranking, or they don't have a first baseman. And Mark Vientos, I think, if they would have acquired him, Mark Vientos is a, one of their top five prospects. That's how good he is. And then you get that arm with potential type stuff, potential type stuff of ace, ace type of stuff. But, like you said, the PCA move, and then you have the, Met, the Mets knowing that they're the only team, the only team. I think the Mets gave him a crappy offer, and the Cubs said no. I kept reading that they were re- they were about to make a deal. They were about to make a deal, and then at the last minute, the Mets were like, "No, you guys are asking for too much." Click, and they had to keep them. Wilson Contreras is more of the player that I'm annoyed that they didn't trade more than Ian Happ. Yeah, because yeah, Happ at least Ian had Happ one more year of control. Got one more year. Yep. 
So, and again, there was a lot of outcry from both sides of the city. I think the White Sox botched it more than the Cubs because, yes. because again, for me, it's a failure if he goes and signs with another team and you can't extend him. It'll also be, or it's a failure if he signs a qualifying offer and then you lose him the following year for nothing. So for me, if they extend them, okay, that's fine, right? No problem. Okay, good thing you didn't trade him. But if he signs somewhere else and all you get is like at the end of the first round pick, a guy that you don't know that you're going to get in five, six years. Yeah, it's, uh, it, no, it's not probably, good. They're probably, they, if he accepts the qualifying offer, and if they don't extend them during this year, then they'll they'll probably trade them. They'll try to trade them before the deadline, and they'll probably at that time will take anything or probably just take one prospect that they feel for him and let him play, and that's it. They'll take the end of it, but do you. But I don't think they, he'll find the qualifying offer though, because he's a catcher. If you're a catcher, you want security. You never know what's gonna happen. You yeah, want security, it's, so it's, I don't it's, think it's, he's gonna it's, sign it's, it. It's, it's, it's a twenty million dollar qualifying offer, but it's an extra one year for twenty million dollars. Yeah, we'll see, but. Is it because of the position he plays? I think if you play third base, outfield, first base, I would be more inclined to your opinion. Like, okay, yeah. he'll sign it, you know, 20 million. He hasn't made 20 million and probably like, uh, well, he has not at all. But since he no, plays he the position, yeah. So since he his plays arbitration, it, uh, uh, his arbitration <laughs> for, the, for this year, it's, been, it's only like eight or nine million. Yeah. So in one year he's making double what he made. Yeah. My problem but, though, my problem though but, is the way that the Cubs were handling his trading situation. Oh, I know. It, but 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 here, here's the other thing. I also heard Ian Hap's uh, compound podcast with um, Zach Short and uh, Meeks. I don't know if you hear it. Mm-mm. I didn't know I have had a podcast. I thought all he did was have coffee. Yeah, with John Boy, with John Boy Media. Oh, okay. So they don't know if they're getting traded or not. They're just hearing rumors. The office, Jed, nobody comes down to them and tells them, "Hey, we're thinking of trading you guys." They're just hearing rumors by either teammates. Or, or you know, other teams. Like example, Hep this year was his first time in the All Star, right? Mm-hmm. The first time he heard about any trade rumors was when he went to the All Star game in LA. All these different organizations, players, hey man, you ready to get traded? You ready to come went to a championship team? And his reaction, like he said, was like, "Wait, what? What are you talking about?" Like, yeah, man. I'm like, yeah, we're looking at you. And he, he was saying, like, well, what are you talking about, bro? I'm playing with the Cubs. You have to stay the Cubs. Well, I don't know, man. I'm like, I've been hearing that. I'm like, they want to trade for you. <laughs> so, 
like he had said, I'm like, that's what these players get, like the way how they get, because all these other players, they start putting them in their heads. So it's like, damn man, are we going to get traded? Or are we going to get traded? Because they don't know until that same day. Until the deadline, hey, you're getting traded. No, and then and then based off history, right? Look at the fire sale they did yeah. last year. They traded yep. Rizzo, they traded Bryant, they traded Baez. Mm-hmm. And they assume like yeah. they're next. Did you hear Jed yeah, Hoyer's cry conference? Yes. It was stupid. It was so stupid. Mm-hmm. So stupid. He's like, well, we didn't trade. We didn't tell him he was going to get traded. And then later, later, he's like, well, we didn't get we didn't get the, the offer that we were looking for for Wilson. No, nope, exactly. Then then tell Wilson. Then go down. Then then what do you mean? You and tell him you're going to get traded. But then you're hearing offers on him. That's what annoys me about Jed. And this is why the players are pissed off at the front office. Like, basically, you're saying, well, we didn't trade him. We didn't tell him we were going to trade him. But you're hearing, but you just said that you were listening to offers about him. You just didn't get yeah, the they... deal that you wanted. You didn't get the Padre deal. You didn't get McKenzie Gore. You didn't get, you didn't get Vientos. And that and that's how and that's how um, and that's how they feel. But this, but like I said, then again, they shouldn't get mad because it's part of the game, man. You know that. You know your contract comes up. You're trying to get traded. You're pretty much you're a trade chip now. When you're you're towards the end of your your contract, your years. If you don't extend or nothing, yeah, you're. And it sucks. Yeah, I know it sucks, especially for Contreras. Because he's been with the organization for 15 years. And that's the reason why he doesn't want to leave. That's why he's saying that he'd rather stay as a Cub. And he won't have those contract extension talks to him after the season. So after the season ends. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. But if they resign him, it's okay. But if they don't, this was a colossal, a colossal... I don't really care if they resign him or not. But if they do freaking get him for that extra year, all I know is that Jed Hoyer better call up Amaya next year. And so like that, he starts getting rubbed rubbed off by Concheros with all his techniques and get him all suited up. Well, but dude, like you said to trade, what if next year he has a horrible season and he's got this bloated contract? You basically lost him for nothing. For nothing. So like, like for me, it's kind of incomplete. If he doesn't sign an extension, this is a colossal failure. And if I'm the owner of the Cubs, if I'm Todd Ricketts, I go to Jed. I'm like, why, why the f did you, why did it take you so long to trade him? Why the f aren't I getting a return for this type of player? Why did you let him walk? Why couldn't I get a return like the other ones? You should have traded his ass in poor planning. Poor planning. He should have traded his ass in the offseason then. And that's what I mean. I'm like, I'm waiting to see if he signs an extension. Because if he doesn't resign with the team, for me, this is a colossal failure. And I would be super pissed at Jed. I wouldn't fire him, but I would be like, you know what? Like, there's a problem here. Because you can't let him walk for nothing. Especially when we're in a rebuild. 
We need to get more players. We need to get more. Our farm system now is the way that it is because they traded Rizzo, they traded Brian, they traded Baez. We got PCA White for Baez. We got Caleb Killian and and uh, and and the kid Canario was doing pretty good for Chris Bryant. Alcantara just got hit the top 100 prospects. He's the guy that we got for for Rizzo. Yep. So okay, we're doing good in the system. Why isn't a premier catcher like him? Why did you wait so long? And he signed somewhere else, and we got nothing, nothing back. That's bad. That's a colossal mistake. The White Sox wouldn't do that at their at at that point. That's what I mean. Like for me, it's an incomplete. And if they don't resign him, I'm gonna be super pissed with with Jed Hoyer. Super pissed. Need to get something in return. Because after if they get better again, I don't want no effing rebuild again. Right? Nah, hell no. They gotta be consistent with drafties and everything. Yeah, I don't want no rebuild. I want this is the Chicago Cubs, and you're and you're asking us. I mean, we've been to games, right? Expensive as fuck. Yeah. You drink you drink two beers and you fucking pay almost forty dollars. Yep. Like they're charging these premium tickets. Tickets and they and we expect sustained success. I expect like I expect the the I mean I don't expect the world championship every year, but I expect them to be in the playoffs and be contending. At least get to the NLCS every year or at least be in the mix in the conversation. In the conversation. I don't want them to have another five-year run and then, oh, we got to rebuild again. You know? So, yeah. it's. I'll just wait and see. But, yeah, it's more, yeah, more accountability because, no, we don't got time. We don't got time for another rebuild. This is the Chicago damn Cubs. You got Ricketts spending money out there on Gallagher Way and all this crap. But then look at the team. Look at look at the team. No, no. Got to get their act together, and if they're gonna do a rebuild, get all the players because we're not doing another rebuild. No, they're already they should already be done with the retooling. Because, like I said, they already got enough depth on pitching, and they already got enough depth on 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 bad on bats. The next stage is already coming up, you know, like Brendan Davis, even though he got back surgery, it was not nothing major. It looks like he should be able to start spring training on time the coming up season. So if he starts getting out good, it looks like he's going to probably start back in AAA. And if he does good, amazing next year, then he'll probably get called up during the middle of the summer or whatever and be part of the team. As to PCA, as long as he keeps doing good, and he's gonna get moved on from Double A to Triple A probably next season, and then probably won't be called out to 2024. And Alcantara's probably gonna get moved from Single A to Double A, and if he does good, then he won't look like he's probably probably be called up at 2024 mid season as well. So everything looks promising, or 
like I said, they already got all these players developed. You know, we still got one more year of a and half. Uh, hopefully, they're able to sign Contreras for an extension. Hopefully, he doesn't demand the whole kitchen sink and the table. Because it's like, okay, dude, be realistic. You, you're 30. You're going to be 31. Probably, what, another a four-year contract with a, with a fifth-year option? I think a decent contract for Wilson will be about five years, 80 million. Should, him, should put him in, in the top catchings in terms of <laughs> average year. So pretty much the same thing as the qualifying offer is 20 million. Mm. Is it if if they sign seventy five? Isn't that fifteen? Oh, okay, that would be a hundred. No, never mind. So you're talking about sixty million a year, yeah? Yeah, around six, sixteen to seventeen million a year. Front load the yeah. contract a little bit. Front load the yeah. contract um, because you know he'll be better in the beginning and. Even if he asks for 80, 85, I think the most I'll go is 85 million. Navi wants like 100, no. Because I'm not giving him 100. I think average 17, 18 the most. I think that's yeah. good, right? Yeah. Yeah, because he's going to become a DH and uh, pretty much a backup catcher because he's just there to train Miguel Amaya and get up ready because he's going to be taking up most of the workload. Yeah, and I would front load the contract for him. Yep. Front load it. If he wants to make $20 million in year one and another $20 million in year two and then year three, four, five will divide up the rest. But he gets most of his money up front and you get more bang for your buck if you're the Cubs. Yep. Yeah, because I'm like, and then Hopefully they sign either they try to go for Aaron Judge or a shortstop, either Trey Turner or somebody. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I mean Aaron Judge is going to be expensive. He's having a monster season, and yeah. he might be he might be pricing himself out of even the Cubs price. No, hell yeah. Might want three hundred million, or three three hundred or three fifty, something like that. Which, I mean, the problem is like he's gonna be 30, 31. He's so big. I think eventually he needs to be a DH. Nah, I will go. I will go after um, Trey Turner or something, a speedy guy. And hopefully, oh, yeah. he, and hopefully he takes he takes a short term deal, you know. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, this this guy got re-signed, but I was hoping the Cubs would take a stab at Joe Musgrove. He's still young, he's a solid pitcher, but he signed an extension with the Padre. Yeah, because he's he's from he's from Illinois, right? I think so. Yeah, he's from Illinois, so I thought he was gonna. So the Cubs were going to be interested in him. I'd be like, damn. What do you mind? What do you mind seeing Otani as a Cub? 
I would love to see Otani as a Cub. Unfortunately, the Angels are going to want a lot for him. And this free agent is going to be interesting because it's like he's two in one. He's two players in one. He's, he gives you he gives you Cy Young caliber stuff from the pitching. And I don't think he's been pitching as good this year as he was last year. But he, he he's a good quality hitter. And you know that he was actually going to pick the Cubs. The Cubs were the runner-up. But at that point, the Cubs didn't have a DH. Yeah. If I would have signed with the the National League, didn't have a DH. Damn you, baseball. Um, but he would have been a Cub. I feel, I feel like once he becomes a free agent, it might change different because of freaking Suzuki. You think he might not want to be here because of Suzuki? No, he probably will will come to Chicago because of Suzuki. Well, hopefully, but he's, he's going to be expensive because it, and it's rare, right? I'm interested to see his free agent negotiation and how he would attack but, this. Like, but you just need to remember the Cubs just need one ace starting pitcher because they already got a shitload of, of number two, three middle starters. Mm-hmm. And low end starter, so by the time they, they try to sign Otani, they already got developing those starters already up there and the ones that are really gonna stay up there and the ones that are bad right now. And it'll probably be if Marcus Trump is still around, it'll probably be his last year of his contract. So if they don't plan to trade him next year, depending on how how it goes. Yeah, I would definitely make a run at him. Like Whatever he wants, I mean, this is that's what Gallagher weigh in these expensive ass ticket prices are for, right? For when yeah. you get these special players and free agency, you can make a run at them. Yeah, and that's and that's and that's what pretty much that's what that's what I thought. That's what pretty much that's how I read Judd's comments at press conference, you know, like how he treated, you know, visit everybody, you know we already got the depth on pitching and and that's already in the system. Now their focus is okay now. Probably gonna see this offseason, you know, sign the people they really they need or they need to make a track and then go from there. Because yeah, they signed one one player each year, then eventually by 2024, 2025, they should be contending already. Like we talked about, you know, 2024, at least the wild card, be part of the wild card. Yeah, by 2025, they should be winning the division. Yeah, by 2025, yeah, they should be winning the division, but I still see them, like, by 2024, they should be competing for that, either that last spot of the wild card or being the, the second place of the wild card, or even the first, depending on how the situation is, but, yeah. Yeah, and in uh, and, and 2026, they should be winning the World Series. Yes. <laughs> right? That would be crazy if it happens all over again like that. And it's like, damn, these motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Like, Shit. I'm like, he did it. I'm like, he actually did it for this time. He did it how they were supposed to. He drafted, he got, he traded for pitching. He drafted pitching. He got, <laughs> he's all like, damn. 
he made everything work. But, like I said, we talked about, you know, the Padres. They added Soto, they added Brandon Jury, they, they added Josh Hader, which was surprising. Oh my gosh, that was, that was a bomb. Yeah, that, that. I don't know how. That straight up flew out of my mind. I don't know how that, so, my question is, how does the, how does look now? Do they still have a wild card, or are they going to be able to catch up to the Dodgers and actually take the division? Well, I don't think they're going to catch them, but they're a big threat. They're a big threat, and they play, I think they play this weekend, so I am going to be watching yes. these games. They're, they're Right now, their lineup is good, and the Dodgers, they don't got Tatis. And then again, Tatis has an injured wrist, right? Before, yeah. before they made this trade, there was immense pressure on Fernando Tatis to give some relief to Manny Machado. Right now, there's no pressure at all. You got Juan Soto. You got Josh Bell. All you need to do is come in and do your thing. No pressure. Yep. No pressure. It is one of the best things that they could have done. Tatis should be jumping up and down because there is no pressure. All you got to do, get to the ballpark, you know, put my swings in, put consistent at bats. There's no like, damn, you know, we're in a pennant race, you know, we gotta, I got to do good to help Manny Machado because, you know, we got to make the play. No. Juan Soto is here. Josh Bell is here. They're having great seasons. You got Manny Machado. All I got to do is, you know, make sure that I'm swinging the bat, getting good at bats, taking one at bat at a time. You know, they're not going to catch him, but who knows? I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the year they, they finish like maybe four games back. But, but right now to me, there's four teams right now in the NL that are a threat to win and go to the World Series. The Dodgers, the Padres, the Mets, because Jacob Jacob DeGrom, my boy, is back. And he makes that rotation super scary. I think they have the best rotation in, in the National League. The problem with the Mets, the fans even say, is that they should have struck that deal with Contreras. I mean. Yeah, because they needed they needed offense because you got the Dodgers the Dodgers and the Padres are the best offenses in the in in the National League. You can argue the mm-hmm. Padres, the Mets, and the Yankees have the best offenses in baseball. Yep. Um. So, yeah, they can pitch. The Mets can pitch with anybody, and they have the guys that can stop that lineup, right? But can they score runs? Exactly. That's that's. Can they score runs? Because Francisco Lindor has been iffy, and mm-hmm. Pete Alonso has been really good. But if you added Wilson Contreras, make that make that lineup a little bit lengthier. Add add that bat. And Ian Happ would be great. Ian Happ would be good too. Because instead of you trading for Damian Ruff and and. And swapping JD Davis, you should have been swapping JD Davis to the Cubs and getting Ian Hat with the prospect that the Cubs wanted, probably a right hand pinch instead of Mark Vientos or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
And then if you want to if you want to pitching the right Kevin Robinson, then you gotta add Mark Gantos to it, and there you go. That's your that's your win win situation right there. But they didn't pull yeah. it. They they got no. That's too much. Like okay, and like it sucks for us because like you said, yeah, they didn't trade it. Wilson Contreras, but it's gonna suck for the Mets. And they're not gonna be able to win, win in the playoffs because it's like it's going back to the circle again. Doesn't matter what the Mets do because no matter what, they still can win in the playoffs. Yeah, but yeah, that's the trade they should have made. And then you got the Braves. I don't the think Braves, the Braves, no. the Braves don't have enough to be with those three teams. They needed something. They needed something extra. And then the, the Braves' rotation is very young. Max Fried has been great. Yeah. Max Fried has been great. Ian Anderson, he was their young pitcher that kind of did well last year. He's been he's not been very good this season. He's been struggling. Spencer Strider, the rookie, has been sensational, sensational. But I just think they're missing they're missing a bat and they're missing another another pitcher. They're just a little bit short. It, I think it's between those three teams. But my, in a perfect world, I think the Dodgers and the Padres would meet in the NLCS. Oh, imagine that that starting pitching that lineup, and then the problem with the Dodgers is Clay, Clayton Kershaw just went on the IL again. And the problem with the Dodgers. Craig Kimbrough yeah. hasn't found his skirt. <laughs> yeah, and Blake Trinan, the reason why they traded for Chris Martin, because Blake Trinan, who was supposed to be their closer, he's been hurt all season. Yeah. Brewster Gratterall has not been... I thought Brewster Gratterall, when they got him, I think they got him from the Twins. He was a steal. He's got 100 mile per hour stuff, but he hasn't developed into that closer. And this team's depth has been tested. Chris Taylor's been out. Cody Bellinger. Remember Cody Bellinger in that series against the Astros? Yes. He was an all-star. He lo- he was an MVP. What the hell happened to him? Bellinger lost his groove. I, I was looking at, you remember Mark DeRosa from yeah. MLB Network? He was showing... He was showing a swing. His swing's too long. And he's not catching up to pitches. And he's not making the adjustment. And it's been really yeah, affecting it's been really affecting him. Yeah, I like I like Mark DeRosa, man. I always see see his freaking gameplay and even um what's his name? Um Brian Reynolds. Not Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> um, that's his name. What's his name? Reynolds, right? Uh, yeah. Is it Brian Reynolds or Ryan Reynolds? No, Ryan Reynolds is the actor. No, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Brian Reynolds. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Reynolds, whatever his name. Reynolds. Whatever his name. The Seattle Mariners. Yes, him. He also knows. He goes into depth on what they're doing wrong or what. Or how to freaking fix their issues or whatever. Or even like with um, Dan Pisek. Oh, like, yeah. He, with Hendricks, he said it, I'm like, because he's having his elbow down. 
and like if he puts it up a little bit higher how he was throwing his stuff will be throwing out the same but like if you see it every time that you put in double picture it's like oh shit okay I see it now he yeah, was a little bit down that's why he's getting hit because he's getting hit for high five balls and everything I'm like ah that makes sense yeah and that's when watching those guys and they do that when they have the same like baseball is a game of adjustments right that's yeah. exactly it if you don't do Baseball is a game of repetition, and if you don't have your mechanics, if you don't have your stuff correctly, you suck. Because something will get thrown off and not playing well. Yeah, you and gotta be a hard game to play. Very hard game to play. So yeah, man, that's always a part of the Brewers. They eh? they traded Hater for an extra year, but they got Rogers and Dennis and Lamette and a couple of prospects. So it was like okay. And they DFA Dennis Olmet. Yeah, and it's like, well, wait, what? I'm like, I think the coach should make a run at him. Yep, they DFA him. They should get a run at him, pick him up, get him a trade, trade Sean Newcomb over there to the Brewers or something. Yeah, he. he it's a shame because he's a he was a power arm. Him and Chris Paddock, right? For the Padres, yeah. power arms, good potential. Like, you know, they traded Chris Paddock was traded to the Twins. Now the Padres are very happy that they made that trade because Chris Paddock right away blew out his elbow. Tommy yeah. John, Dennis Lamet. After they made all of those moves, bringing in you Darvish, they brought in Blake Snell, they brought in Joe Musgrove. They traded for Mike Clevenger. He was the odd man out. They moved him to the bullpen because he had 100 mile per hour stuff. He did not translate well. I think Danielson Lamed needs to need the team to get him to be a starter. He should have went to Baltimore. Baltimore needs some starting pitching, and they have good yep. hitting. If I was him, I'd try to make my way to Baltimore, and they would give him a chance because their pitching is horrendous. And I think he can try, you know try his luck there and I think he, he got a shot he just needs to be a starting pitcher yeah but yeah though, Josh Hader if not Baltimore I'll be like I would not mind seeing him as a cook I'll be like hey come on get chairs over here let's see what you got dude. Well, yeah because they're not going to yeah. have White Miley and Smiley anymore <laughs> yep. then the Mariners too man they, they, they went all in this year too Bro, the package they give up for Castillo was crazy. Mm-hmm. But he's got an extra year of control, too. Yep, so that's kind of good. They got Luis Castillo. They got Kirk Castelli and Matthew Boyd from the Giants. They traded for Jake Lamb. I don't know if he's still good. Yeah. They signed Jonathan VR. <laughs> they, um, they claimed Janikowski, so... They got the little Tim going over there. Hopefully, they, they could stay hot and make it to the playoffs. The Yankees, man, they, you know, they, got, they traded for Montas and Trevino. Scott Effers, as we mentioned before. They got Ben Intendi. Uh This one was a scare scratcher. You know, they traded for Harrison Bader. And the Cardinals got um, Montgomery for him. But then also the Cardinals they traded for my cousin Jojo Romero and Jose Quintana and Strand. Which yeah, I don't Quintana know what. Yeah, Quintana's going to put 
the fucker should have been doing that figure when he was with the white <laughs> I know, right? Oh. And they laugh. Yeah. That was the picture. That was the picture that I was expecting to see when he came over. Playing six, seven innings, not giving up no freaking runs. He's giving up three, four freaking hits, and that's it. Well, he did good. I remember his first start after the with Cubs the acquired Orioles. him. Yep, Orioles, he threw a complete game, and we were like, oh, my God. Like, all right, here we go. But then, then the pressure got too much for him. And then he was not handling the Brewers all season. And here came the playoffs, and he couldn't do anything. And then he did not pitch well when it mattered most. We'll yep. see, because it look, he hasn't in the playoffs, he hasn't been good. And the Cardinals are looking for a playoff run. The Cardinals, to me, got better, and the Brewers got worse because yeah. they're placing a lot of a lot of a. This way, it was it was a head scratching move for uh, Josh Hader to be traded because, I mean, Devin Williams is the best setup man in baseball. Yeah. But remember last year because they they didn't, why he wasn't available because his dumbass punched a wall and broke his arm his hand. So I'm like, the Brewers need a bet. They didn't even trade for a bet. No, I think honestly the Brewers are like, you know what? We'll just let the Cardinals win this, this, uh, this division, and we're gonna make moves for now and the future. I feel like maybe. I don't know how long, uh, what's his name, Hader was going, how how far his free agency was, but it feels like that way. Mm-hmm. It feels like that's what they did. You know, we got Trevor Rogers. I think Trevor Rogers is more control, is under more control. Um, I don't know what other players were brought back in the deal, but I think they just wanted Devin Williams. I think they just wanted Devin Williams to close. And give him the keys, and they knew that they were going to resign Josh Hader. They got a deal they wanted. They already have a closer already in house, technically, and they made the deal. Head scratcher because you know you're competing, trying to win the division against the Cardinals, and the Cardinals did a lot of moves to get better. Um, and you know, yeah, the, the Bush, they, they, they made a move from Matt Bush only a right hand pitcher, but. They got Taylor Rogers. They traded for Lamette, but he got DFA, and they got two prospects out of that positive trade. So it was like, okay, don't know. And they traded for Trevor Rosenthal, so they rebuilt their whole bullpen. Yes. So it's like, okay, what what are you doing? You needed a bet because Lorenzo Cain in there, Uh, Christian Yelich ain't playing the same 2018 Christian Yelich before. And you give them that long extension as well, so that's spanning in the ass right now. But he's got like a 10 year, 10 year deal for like 220 something, right? Yeah, I mean, remember that year? I think that was the same year Baez was having his MVP season. God, he was so good. He yeah. did everything. Oh, man, I can't believe they gave Jalic a 10 year, $220 million contract. Thinking that he was going to be doing that every year past that, and nope, 
one box nope. of any that had the history. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, they're just hoping that he'll be turned to somewhat of a player like that before. But man, it's taking him for a while to get back into that into that player. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't make a move for a bat because. They don't need starting pitching. Their pitchers are good. Freddy Peralta's coming back. So they have the pitching. They have the pitching to match. And I mean, they have better pitchers than the Cardinals. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind that push. You know, you just need depth and pitching, you know, as your fifth starter, fourth, fifth starter. Like, it's okay, it's fine. But, but yeah, they needed a bat. If they would have gotten a bat, then I would have said, you know what, yeah, they could be still and still win the division. And, and they still added into the prospects, into the minor league system, yeah, they're fine. Another team that surprised me was a little bit the, the Jays. They just added a couple of arms, Anthony Bass and Pop, Side Pop, and Whit Merrifield. That's only a thing. They didn't add nothing else besides them. You know, you talked about the Rays. The Rays didn't do shit, and the Mets, obviously, they just added Google back. Nate Wendy. For the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays needed a starter. Yes, because they, they had Ryu out for the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kikuchi was is not playing well. They needed like Jose Barrios has been a has not been good. Nope, and that contract extension ain't looking good either. Yeah, they potentially needed like a fourth starter. They were one of the teams that was making a run for Frankie Montas. Yeah, or even. I think they should have traded for Carlos Rodon. The Giants are very dumb in, in getting him because he's going to opt out because he already reached his innings. I would have yep. traded him. And they should have made a run at him. Yeah, I thought Rodon was going to get traded, especially when I heard that the Twins was interested. That would have been interesting for me, bro, you know. That would have been a great move for the back. Twins. Carlos Rodon coming back to the Central and being the opposite of the team that would that drafted him and let him go at the end. Oh, uh, that would have been great. That Delicious storyline. Yep. That would have been hilarious. Playing against the former, against your rival team, the Twins. Holy shit. Yeah, but the, yeah, the race did those moves. The race didn't do shit. The match, they only added Vogelback and Aikwin. And dial they out their deal, and then they claim they claim Michael Perez a catcher instead of trading for Contreras, and then they just traded for Gibbons. And then the next day, when they traded for Gibbons, he gives up five earned runs. Believers <laughs> well, so, are volatile. Yep. So. That's pretty much those are the big moves. So I don't know. And you got a series, a three-game series between the Mets against the Padres and the Dodgers win the division. Who do you got against the Mets against the, uh, the Padres? The rotation oh. of the offense. That's gonna be a fucking tough decision, ain't it? Yeah. <laughs> so because the 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 Mets are gonna throw out Max Scherzer, Jacob Degrom, and Chris and Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett or Taiwan Walker? Taiwan Walker got his ass lit today. I think he went one inning, gave up eight runs. Oh, shit. <laughs> he was 
Shit, he was doing good. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, I think Chris Bassett. And who and Carlos Carrasco is doing good too. Yeah, Carlos Carrasco is doing good. But I don't think he's gonna be their third starter. I think it's gonna be Chris Bassett. They have a lot of depth in their now that he can and then you had David Peterson that was doing good. They sent him down. And they still have Trevor Williams on their team. Yep, Trevor Williams on their team. Yes, it's it's hard. And then uh, the Padres will most likely throw out Musgrove and you Darvish. And oh, it's either whoever's pitching well between Blake Snell and Clevenger. And they're both starting to pitch well. I would know because they're both on my fantasy team. Um, yep. Unless there's another, unless there's another pitcher that I'm not. Oh, and no, Sean Manaya, the guy Manaya. that they got. Yeah, Sean Manaya. So look at their rotation. The rotation is Musgrove. Yeah, the rotation right now is Musgrove, um, Darvish, Manaya, Snell, and Clevenger. Look at those guys. So they're deep. They're deep. Uh, I would take. So right now, I think the pitcher is the same. A little bit more with the with the with the Mets because they got two aces. Um, but that offense for the Padres is so good. Yeah, I believe the offense and defense is going for the Padres, dude. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I would I would go with the Padres. I believe the Mets would have traded for Contreras and Hat. Is still leaning a little bit more towards the Padres, but it's more of a, a little bit like a 50, you know, 55, 45 difference, not a 60, yeah. not a 65 and, and 30, 35 differential rate, which I see right now between the Mets. But the Mets will be the 35 percentage that they'll take it, and the Padres is a 65 percent chance that they will. They will take the the third game series. Yeah, it would it would have made the Mets line up a little bit deeper, longer, yeah. like no sure outs. Like yeah, yeah, yeah they they really bad. needed that bat. They really needed that bat to keep up with the Dodgers and the Padres because nope. of pitching. Arguably, I think they have the best. Eh, no, the one pitching. of five. One of five. The, the Dodgers and the Padres have better one through fives, but the yeah. top the top guys, if you if Max Scherzer and the Grom could carry both of their asses, both they can carry the team to the World Series, both of them. Yeah, they have they're that good. No, but they're that good exactly. They could carry that team to the freaking that to the World Series regardless, bro. Because no matter what. If Walker and Carrasco, as long as they stay consistent and they pitch, give you at least potential to come back and win games, or at least they keep you into those games, then you're all set, man, because your aces are going to be there. Yeah. And remember, you only need four starters, so really, exactly. if one of them messes up, right, you got, you got one extra good guy in the pin in case if one of them messes up, okay, I'm going to pull you, but I can get, you know... I won't have to tax my bullpen because I got one of our, one of my good reliable starters in case, in case it won't tax my bullpen for the rest of the year. Yeah, for me personally, 
Yeah, it's tough, right? It's tough. It's Both teams are very good. Both teams ha- are even. It's just the Padres have a better offense right now than the Dodgers and the and the Mets. Yeah. Let's talk about a Dodger Padre World Series because right now, and that's the thing. Right now, the Dodgers' top two starters are hurt, but if they weren't hurt, I think they'll be back. You have Walker Bueller number one. You have Clayton Kershaw number two. Number three would be Julio Urias, and you got yes, yes. you got Tony Gonsolin as your four. And then you have uh, Andrew Heaney. Andrew Heaney and Dustin May supposed to come back now too. Yeah. And you have Tyler Anderson, who's having a great year Tyler too. Anderson's having a great year, yeah. But still, for me, one through five, I would take the Padres' staff because one through Dustin five, they're better. I put Dustin May in the bullpen. Yeah, Dustin May will be in the bullpen, giving you a hundred. Yep, I will. I will help him. I will. I will have him help out there. And, and stretch that bullpen out or be yeah help that yeah and you uh, yeah bullpen. you have Andrew Haney and you have Tyler Anderson in the bullpen too yeah both lefties both lefties that can give you either long innings or a good a good matchup so it, it, it and those two lineups loaded loaded lineups holy crap dude uh yeah, I can't wait after we do this podcast to watch them play. Yeah, I'm, uh, that's what I. That's what you tell me they're playing. Oh yeah, that's what I'm going to be watching tomorrow too. I'll be watching the Astros on Fox play each other. Yeah, yeah. Today, tomorrow, and Sunday, and mm-hmm. I haven't really watched. I have, and you, you know, I've been, you know, working a lot. Yeah. So I haven't really made, you know, aside from our teams, the White Sox and the Cubs, appointment television to watch other teams. This is a, this is gonna be for me appointment television. Like I gotta yeah. sit there, drink some beers, order a pizza, and dedicate, you know, some time to this game because it's gonna be good. Yep. But let me go over the quick results of last week's games. Because we're at the Giants and they only won one game out of the four game series. Which was Friday, so they won four to two. And obviously, throughout the whole rumors, you know, they Thursday they lost four to two. Saturday they lost five to four. And Sunday they got shut out, shut out by Rodon, four to nothing. Then this past week with the Cardinals, they lost all three games. Unfortunately, Tuesday they lost six to nothing. Got shut out by Wainwright. The old guy doesn't mm. know when to retire. <laughs> they got rained out on Wednesday. Had a double header yesterday. They lost game one, four to three. The next, uh, yeah, in the bottom of the ninth. And game two, they lost seven to two because Quintana, like I said, just one hit, one air run, pitched six mm. innings, and pretty much we wish he he was like that when he was a Cub, but. Oh well, and then they came back home today. They faced the day game against the Marlins. They didn't have nothing, no offense at all, until the eighth inning. 
He was happy that he stayed as a Cub, Mr. Contreras. Yep. Bottom of the eighth. Hits a damn two-run home run, and that was the game winner. And the Cubs win two to one. So that's good for him. Both Hap and Contreras are happy that they're still Cubs. They don't they both say that they'd rather stay with the Cubs and not go nowhere else. Don't know if that's true or not, but well, yeah, I'm sure if the Padres won a World Series, they're not gonna <laughs> they're not gonna feel like that. Exactly. Uh, the next games for the Cubs will be they got Saturday and Sunday against the Marlins at home. Then Monday through Wednesday, the Nets will be coming at Wrigley. And then next Thursday is the Field of Dreams game. The Cubs uh, have to run to Iowa. Why? <laughs> Good thing Wilson Contreras and Ian Hat is still here. It would have been a clusterfuck of a game. Yes. God both, damn. Both rebuild teams in playing field of game, field of dreams. That leaves them like I hope I hope Marcus Stroman starts that game. That's all I'm hoping for. Have yeah, Marcus and then for the Reds, you don't even have Maybe or you don't even have Castillo. No. So that's what I'm hoping. At least Marcus Stroman starts that game. Go seven, eight innings. Contreras, Suzuki, Hap, Hap, and Velasquez, and, and Morel have a great ass game, and they go whatever, and they just clobber the Reds. I'm hoping for that, but I don't know how this will end because it's a shorter field, so it benefits both teams. So who knows? But yeah, next week, Thursday, would be the Field of Dreams game. Hopefully, the Cubs win that game. That game should have been the Padres and the Dodgers. Yes, that's what I thought. I thought it was going to be a Padres or Dodgers game. Oh, imagine. That would have been much better. As yep. much as I love the Cubs, but if they had the Field of Dreams, like the 2016-2017 season. Yeah, that's a different story, yeah. yeah. Oh, but yeah, no. Yep, and then they'll finish the rest of the Reds series uh, Saturday and Sunday at Cincinnati. But that'll be it for the Cubs this season, and then... A quick recap for the White Sox as last week they faced it. the A's were in town on Friday and they lost the first game seven to three. Sunday they won four to one and Saturday they won three to two. And again, like I said, the A's is a losing team Frank uh, losing team franchise. Why are the Sox just winning four to one, three to two to to a sucky team? Don't know. But Whatever. Then from there, they they win two out of three against the Royals. They lose Monday two to one. Kopech lost that game because there was no offense from the South Side. Then all of a sudden, the the resurgence White Sox actually won game two for them. They scored nine runs for Giovito, and they beat the Royals nine to two. Uh, then they come back down on Wednesday and they only win, and they finally get a win for. Lance Lynn and that, as Lance Lynn also pitches good and he only gave up one run throughout the start and they beat the Royals 4-1 to one. but now they're finishing up uh, uh, they started they started they go down to Texas on the road to face the Rangers and Thursday yesterday they lost 3-2 close game after Mr. Johnny Cueto had, did a phenomenal job when did a complete game, eight innings, but gave up three earned runs. That pretty much ultimately was the result of his loss. 
And currently, right now, it's Friday. The White Sox, again, Texas Rangers pitching sucks, right? Yeah. And they only met, the Sox only managed to score just two runs. So they're up two to one right now in the top of the eighth, and there's two outs for it. Well, they're relying on their starting pitching. I think Dylan Cease pitches today, so... Yeah, he pitched today, he went seven innings. He only gave up one end run, and that was pretty much it. The other starter for Texas was up there, too, with him. There was a lot of pop flies. All these players, like I said, they're just hitting for home runs, but they keep popping them fly up. The only home run that was hit for for the White Sox was from Elo Jimenez which the ball was clearly on the freaking plate. And it was just like, okay, boom, yeah, he hit it, obviously. It was a hang-up, a hang-up curve. So, that's it. It was a mistake by the pitcher, so he, he took advantage and hit it. That's what he's supposed that, to do. Yep, and for other than that, yeah, nothing else. It's just, these guys right now. Yeah. yeah in, the, like in the words... In the words of the great Theo Epstein, their offense is broken. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because that's what it was. Um, I was going over the YouTube about the Cubs situation with the whole about they don't get it, what the hell's going on, why do the Cubs suck, and this and that. And I had explained myself, you know, like, why do the Cubs suck, and this and that. I'm like, simple. They did not draft it pitching. They drafted bats, and the bats that were called up, when I explained myself, you know, Brian, Amora, Rizzo, or whatever, it worked in the short term, but in the long term, it didn't. It failed. Um, they traded away a ton of bats to get in what they needed, which was pitching. And, and then they, they traded away a pitcher. Which was the colossal mistake. Exactly. And the long picture that they had as a nice staff here in the the Cubs was turned away, like I said, to the south side, which is Dylan Seas, and he's the ace of the the White Sox right now, which was, he was the, like, accepted example, how I said it, it, he was developed in the Cubs organization and got traded to the south side. And then he got quickly... Um, called up by the next year or the following year because he was that damn good. And thanks, Cubs. Obviously, that was, that's what they should say. Thank you, Cubs. Yeah, exactly. Because we're the one that we developed them. But after that, who else? They got nothing. But <laughs> that's on the Cubs. That was on the OFC. Mm-hmm. They went that route. And now, the reason why they traded Rizzo, like I said, I'm like, oh, they should have just signed up like, oh. Because Brian, I tell you, like, Brian ain't hitting. He's an injury-prone person right now. Mm-hmm. I not hitting for average. He's just striking out. Oh, what about Schroeder? Okay. He's hitting 30 home runs in RBIs, but look at his batting average. What is he going to do? 200. Exactly. He's hitting 200. What is He's that? Adam he is Adam Dunn. Yes. But a better fielder. But he's Adam Dunn, pretty much. That's what I'm saying. Like, what is he going to do to this with this custom? Nothing. It doesn't matter if he would extend him. This Cubs team would have sucked regardless. I'm like, he's going to go up there either striking out or hit a home run. 
Yes, he's hitting 30 home runs with has the RBIs. There's nothing wrong with that, but he fits only perfect when the team is good, not when the team is bad. Yeah, correct. He fits with a team that can hit, that has like hitters, yep. kind of like the Tim Anderson type. If there was like a like a team that had a lot of Tim Anderson type players, he's a perfect player because he hits a lot of home runs. He could bring them in. Yes. And it doesn't matter about his batting average. It's just about him hitting home runs and having his RBIs up. That's the type of player that he is. I'm like, but yeah, it was right for the Cubs not to get him or whatever. What they failed at is not training him sooner instead of letting him walk and then just bringing in Jock Peterson. The problem with the Cubs too is when, when uh, what's his name? When... Theo Epstein said this team was broken. When the offense is broken, he went and got Daniel Descalzo, and that's it. He needed to make changes within the team, make some trades, shake the team up. Exactly. He needed to trade. He needed to trade one, one, one bat out of this lineup to get two or three inside the bats, whether it's a leadoff hitter or something mm-hmm. in that mix. Also, Dustin uh, Fowler, Fowler hurt losing Fowler hurt the team because he was their Tim Anderson. He was the one that made this team go, and they lost him, and they could not recapture that table setter in the top of the lineup. Um, Addison Russell, remember Addison, uh, the the turbulation that he had in his life. Yeah. Um, but I seen highlights. He was a big player. He was a big time player, and he had big time hits. And he was a very good defender. He had a lot of big hits in their playoff run. He had a lot of hits in the season, and he was another guy. Unfortunately, they had to let him go because of his domestic uh, domestic violence issues with his wife. Yeah, but he was another big player. Almora never developed at all. He was a he was a he was a Theo's first draft pick. Massive bust. Massive, yeah. massive bust. He he was basically a fourth outfielder. Yeah, he looked like drafted. Yeah, and he dra- and they he was drafted in a position where he needed to be like an everyday like a star. Not a superstar, but at least a star. And he was just a fourth outfielder. Yeah. But and yeah, they give see, three and they give they give him three years consecutive for him to be that to be that leadoff and start center fielder, but he just couldn't get going. Mm-mm. Yep. That was a fail for yeah, that was an epic fail from DOS, but yeah, that's what I that's what I kept on saying on YouTube. Like, no, nah, man, that's that's what happened. I'm like, it is what it is. I'm like, what they're doing now is just here. Last year, they needed to get enough death for bats, and they did by trading Bryant, Rizzo, and Bias, and they got the bats that they needed to have their bats deeper in the minors. And this year, they drafted a shitload of. Like, they drafted a mm-hmm. shitload of pitchers, and they traded for pitching to have that depth in their minors. So by the time the Cubs 
they already got a couple of pitchers that are going to be starters already here. We already seen Justin Steele. We already seen Keegan Thompson. They're hoping that they become a solid pitchers and they ultimately will sign at least one one ace, you know, an ace pitcher. And then hopefully play in their cash or start scoring by next year and then be called up by 2024. Yeah, he's already prepared. Then he'll be the next one in with with Jordan Wakes. They're hoping that he can start there. That's mm-hmm. the reason why they, they drafted Kate Horton because they believe that, okay, he could actually be a quick call-up. Because he looks like, look what he did in the college world school. And he just switched from being an, an infielder to a pitcher. Gave up a lot of runs in the in the, in the the pre in the regular season. But in the playoffs, man, he was on. He was fire striking out people. Contacting the pitchers like, damn, yeah, we got to draft this kid. He's, he could be good. As long as we could develop him and he's learning quick and how to throw the pitches right. Yeah, he could be a good pitcher. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot of process and... Like you said, the general manager he used to he used to be with the Cleveland Guardians. And what do they like you said? What do the Cleveland Guardians do well? Mm-hmm. They have they a good pitcher. So we just hope that they do that. But yeah. But let's talk about NFL a little bit. And what are your thoughts on the? Suspension that's probably being appealed by the NFL, or who's been, who's appealing the suspension to Deshaun Watson? Roger Goodell <laughs> is appealing the the suspension. Okay, so yeah, so Mr. Roger Goodell's appealing the suspension because the court gave him what six games. Yeah, they gave him six games because of, through their in, independent arbiter, Sue Ellen Robinson, and they gave him six games because. There was no violence, which is <laughs> which is dumb. I think it's I think it's just dumb. So, okay. So basically, and here's the thing that's that's dumb, right? Trevor Bauer, Trevor Bauer has been banned for two years over consensual sex, right? Yep. Yeah, it was a little rough and. But it was consensual, right? This guy, this guy is asking for happy endings and pleasuring himself. But just because he didn't do any, you know, he wasn't violent. He only gets six games. And you know what? And you know what makes me deep? It saddens me that a woman, a woman. Yeah handled this and was like and only gave him six six games Deshaun Watson is a problem uh, and and it's and, and it's unbelievable and shame on the Cleveland Browns for trading for him and shame on him for giving him guaranteed money that is that is so bad so now, I think he should have gotten a year. Yeah, for he me, should I not have played the whole season. Yeah, he should not have played for the whole year. Now, Roger Goodell is going to going to appeal the suspension. I think he's probably going to ask for twelve games. But that's the thing: Deshaun Watson can sue the league and file an injunction, and while the injunction's filed, he can still play for the whole season. 
because it's going to take a while. <laughs> so this whole it's like a can it's like a can of worms. It's like a can of worms that's open. I think the real problem is the Cleveland Browns messed up in training for him. Yeah. And they messed up in giving him a fully guaranteed money. Why would you give him fully guaranteed money if you have this the, all these things going on? I don't care if he didn't get there were no criminal charges. He settled. What what happens when you settled with somebody? Pretty much saying that you're guilty. Dude. That's what it is. Yeah, there's usually culpability. Why did Vincent Kennedy McMahon retire yep. when he never retired? Because more often than not, they're guilty for what that what's going on. And there, and the more investigations, they're gonna discover more things. So that's why you settle. It, it, it's just a dumb. It, it was just so dumb, so dumb that only give him six games. And what makes me more, it, what saddens me, is that a female judge, a female judge gave him six games. Not a man, a female. But we will see. We will see what keeps going forward um, after now that Goodell has handed in his appeal. Goodell has actually chosen, I think, the the arbiter that's going to handle the appeal. And it's a male, and it's, I think it's a former Supreme Court justice judge. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. This is so, going to be interesting. Yeah, it's going to drag out, I think, honestly, through the whole season, to be honest with you. You're like, I don't care, I'm still gonna play. Yeah, because he's gonna sue the league. Because you know what? His, his thing is like, for example, Robert Kraft. There's a video of Robert Kraft getting a happy ending. And he got nothing. Daniel Snyder of the Washington football team, or now the commanders, all of the workplace harassment and all of the sexual allegations that he's got from his former employees, he's gotten nothing. So, that's what the NFL Players Association and Deshaun Watson are going to say. Well, look at the owners. Look at Robert Kraft. Robert Kraft was in the news, and there's a video about him, you know, getting a massage as well with with a happy ending and he got nothing it's, it's just crazy what are your thoughts about it it's it's crazy especially when you got a lot of allegations and he's has settled with all these women so far how many is it like 30 30 something yeah, it's a lot. And and then his lawyer too. His lawyer Rossi Harden. Yeah. Uh I for, I forgot the quote that I heard him say. But he said something along the lines of He did not touch them. Like he didn't touch them, he was just pleasuring himself. Like, oh, you feeling 
you feeling uncomfortable is not, you know, you know know what I'm saying? Like, if if you feel uncomfortable, it's not like him doing something to you. If you feel something, you're not doing anything, which is crap, which is crap. So basically, I can go up to a girl and just start pleasuring myself. Well, I'm not doing nothing to her. No, you can't do that. It's like, no, it's like, it's like, what the fuck? Like, it's like, no means no. So that means if it's no, then you're okay, you don't do it. And you just, okay, leave. Don't be fucking awkward and still stay there and try to be more, more weird about it. Because you're making the female more uncomfortable and shit. Like, there's, you're going to know those places where there's going to be at. So why the fuck go to the, constantly in the same fucking places or go to different places that, yeah, I need you to do this. I'm like, well, this one did it for me. Go to the same one, the one that fucking did it for you. Then why the fuck are you going to different fucking women? No, he went to sixty different women, like exactly. over sixty different women. Like, if you found one girl that did that for you, then go to the same woman. Why the hell are you going to all these different women? And all these sixty women said no to you, but you still constantly went for them and. Uh, that's what that's 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 the head scratcher for me. Like, wait, what? I'm like, dude. I'm like, what? What, what, what were you thinking? Like, that, that's in my head. But like, damn. Yeah, he's got a problem. And then, and then the, did you know what the funny thing is? The judge, Sue Ellen <laughs> Robinson, in her in her delivery, she put that Deshaun Watson now has to get a a massage that is authorized by the Cleveland Browns. And Cleveland has to watch him. He can't get no independent massages, but he only got six games. So you have that in your clause. That's part of him going forward. Cleveland is responsible to supply him a massage therapist if he's getting a massage and they have to watch, physically watch him get the massage. And he can't get anything <laughs> on the side through himself. And he only got six games. Like, you know how stupid it is? You're putting that clause and you only give him six games? Because the Texans didn't know what he was doing. That's what he said in court. That the Texans did not know that he was contacting those 60, 70 women. Dude, that's a lot of freaking women, bro. Just to get yeah. a freak happy ending, dude. <laughs> Are you yeah. kidding me, man? Holy shit! And a female judge only gave him six games. That's the thing that is like mind-boggling to me. Just because he wasn't violent, he didn't try to rape them. Oh my god, that doesn't make any sense, bro. Wow. This is going to be an interesting conversation. It's going to be interesting watching this football season. Well, I know training camp started already. Uh, what? We got a month? Less, what, over a month away before the first game, right? Yeah, the um, the first preseason game, which was the, uh, the Hall of Fame game, happened yesterday between the Jaguars and the Raiders and I think the Raiders the Raiders won 24 to 11 yeah but opening season is what September something right 11 or yeah 
Yeah, around that, yeah. So we're we're a month away. Um But that should be our end of our show for today. Thank you guys for listening. I know today was kind of hectic with being pissed off at both our Cubs and White Sox. Lots of baseball. Lots of baseball. Yes, that was our show for today. Thank you guys for listening. Please share and follow us on Twitter at ShySportsCombo1. Listen to this podcast at Spotify, Google, and, and Apple Podcasts. As also, you can also follow Martin's wrestling podcast. Go ahead. Yeah, thanks everyone for listening to the Shy Sports Convo. Um, if you want to listen to professional wrestling, you can listen to my Shoot Style Wrestling podcast. Uh, yeah, and it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts as well. So now, if you guys are interested in professional wrestling I know next weekend Friday and Saturday Impact Wrestling is going to be performing in the Cicero Stadium um, both night Friday and Saturday night I think standing room is like $25 and city chairs is 40 bucks but that's just a heads up if you guys are into wrestling yeah, we should get we should get some free tickets from Impact since we're plugging it Yep, right? Yeah, yeah Scott, the, yeah, Scott the Moore should know. Where's Billy Corgan? I think he lives here in uh, here. He lives here in Chicago. We could probably knock on his door. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Impact Wrestling will be here next week, Friday and Saturday. They're going to be doing their paper, I believe, Emergence on Friday. And Slam City on Saturday, so... You guys are interested? Yeah, you guys can check that out on Eventbrite. There should be some tickets, or just go to Impact Wrestling and Chicago, or, and it should be, take you directly to that to that um, Cicero Stadium, which is by 54th and Cermak and Larry. But, yep. Thank you guys for listening, and have a good night. Good night, everybody. <laughs>